Hi, I'm Eric. And I'm Lauren. And you're listening to a very special episode of Podcast Podcast. The podcast that talks about how great podcasts are. How self-obsessed. Hi, Eric. Talk about why we have a very special episode today. Well, it's very special for multiple reasons. One, you're here and you are special. Two, I know it's the holiday time. Get on with it. And this year, two of the majority Western December holidays, which are Hanukkah and Christmas, fall around the same exact time, which is not always the case. Tell us more. So everybody be bopping, you know? Yeah. Most importantly, it's a yes. very special episode because we have a very special guest. I know. And I'm very fond of her. She's okay. She is my mother, Sherry Passell. Woo! And she was actually here for the first episode we ever recorded that never got released because it was so bad. We will release it someday. But like, it was real bad. And we were like, Mom, what'd you think of it? And she was like, it was great, honey. I love you. And so we were like, this is great. We've got something good. Then we played it for Justin and he was like, this was awful. You need to start over. Yep. So we kind of went with Justin. We like, you know, aired on the side of caution and did not release the one that my mom loves because my mom loves everything I do. Like if she could put this podcast on the refrigerator, she would. <laughs> like if there was a magnet. She totally would. Mm-hmm. Um, Sherry, do you want to like introduce yourself and like talk about talk about why you're here? What you doing? What Hi. you thought about the very first episode? I, I don't, I really disagree. The first episode probably was the best thing you've ever done. Oh, Those yeah. are mom goggles. And, but I, I'm here to get my hair cut. That's it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and just to clarify, she does mean here at the podcast to get a haircut, we not like in hair. town. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It's a side biz. DJ it's one J, of our side biz. DJ Jaywoo is currently trimming her up right now. Right. Hey, howdy, doody. He's real busy, so <laughs> it, don't even ask about him. And just in case you, you missed the previous episode, we now have a DJ Jaywoo. I know. we ha- is, Our staff is growing Our staff quick. is huge now. Yeah, we're going to need more sponsors. Yeah. Some Okay, and I would like to suggest some donations. Yeah. Send us money to podcast. We'll have a fun podcast. drive coming up. Yep. Look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, we have um, Monty, the intern cat. Mm-hmm. He's, he's terrible. An, he's now he's the worst intern ever. My mom is <laughs> laughing her ass off because the, here's something you should know about her. Well, we'll find this out later also, but go well, ahead. She laughs at cat jokes to the point where we like it. I get concerned. Like we were at Target one time and there was a card of a cat with a sombrero. And my mom started laughing so hard that the 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 guy working there thought she was having a seizure and was like, are you OK, ma'am? Because she was she was like falling on the floor. Like Eric bought her a cat book one time and we had to hide it in my closet because she just like can't breathe. She laughs. So like you show her a cat wearing a monocle or like a talking cat or, or like, just, like sitting, sitting at a up. desk. Yeah. Oh, my God. The sitting at the desks one seems to be a big hit. She's losing her shit just like hearing you describe those things. I know. We should probably move on. <laughs> You'll also, I picked a very special clip just for you, um, cat, cat related, that I think you're going to really get a kick out of. Yeah. Um, do we have any show notes? We any do. corrections? No corrections. We're perfect. Go, We're perfect. But I think we do have some sp- a little special 
corner. Well, we do. We do, we do have any have corners? A, we do have a corner. We have a very special segment that we are fondly calling Abby's Corner. Oh my gosh. Because we've gotten some incredible feedback from folks who are listening to the podcast That's that we are so grateful for. But in particular, we have gotten some awesome feedback from our... Wait, is it all people named Abby that are... Are you like That's a calling very all of the comments from people named Abby or... It is from what I can understand, it is the one Abby. Oh, wow. But I don't know like who maybe is hacking into her account. There, also named Abby, who's sending us different intel. You know what I mean? Right. It could be a lot of Abby. Could be a lot of Abbies. But for now, this is this is from our um, listener and fan Abby K, who okay. Do you remember when we were talking about online dating and I was saying how bad I am at Match. dot com? Yes. Which is very true. It's not true. But- uh, no, I don't. Do you remember? I was saying like we, I would email someone and be like, "Hey, I see you also have no kids. It seems like we have a lot in common." But in a dir- indirect way, that's how you found your husband. I mean, well, kind of. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. They did like matches up, and we were like, "No, we're just friends." Actually, that means you're bad. Never mind. Yeah, I, I'm. Just I was overall I was bad. Thank mm-hmm. you for trying to make it better. Aww. You're good so, at other things, Eric. You have a lot of good qualities. Hey, thanks, man. Don't be so done on yourself. Name three. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh, you have a great <laughs> sternum. Go on. You are, in all seriousness, the most thoughtful person. No, don't get serious. And you have more energy than 10,000 kindergartners. You mm-hmm. don't You don't see me watching the boob tube every night. Wow. <laughs> um, I bet you have a lot of energy when you was, watch the boob tube. That was really nice. Thanks, okay. Lauren. Um, but anyway, Abby's Corner, in response to me saying I was bad at Match.com, she shared this really promising email that she recently received from Match.com. Let me... I'm quoting this email from me. I'm not paraphrasing. I'm not adding anything for comic effect. This is the email she received from match.com. At the top, it says, he's interested in you. It's a blank, blank image of a profile. Looks like sexy. Hot, hot tamale. Then it says, like you, he's not a smoker. Okay. Starting off good. Good. You have one thing in common and, you know, don't want to date a smoker necessarily. Number two, he prefers someone who doesn't smoke like you. Wow. Okay, I thought we maybe hit that in the first comment, okay. but sure. Third third uh, line says, he's not a smoker. View his profile. <laughs> <laughs> this guy sounds like uh, like the, quite the package. Such a winner. Okay, but the Wait, but be- does he smoke? I can't remember. You know what? Jury's out, and I think there's no way to possibly know. No way know. to know. There's no way to know. No way to know if he smokes. No way to know when the bra was invented. Uh, so we'll never the know. best part is that Abby noted that she feels like she should go on a date with this person with a purse full of cigarettes and just like quote-unquote accidentally knock it over on the table well i mean you need to test him like is he a liar like this doesn't say like he is not a liar right so it's, maybe it's so true and like maybe he smokes crack he like did not it's not very clear pass. yeah you're so right smoking is not the only thing you can do that's you know people might not want to date you for right okay well thanks abby for your ever hilarious feedback uh that has been our first abby's corner it was great. It was great. Uh, can we? Should we do it again or just next time? Yeah, no, okay. just like loop it. Okay. Let's loop it back around. And so that was podcast. <laughs> pod, you've been listening to podcast. You've been podcast. listening to Abby's Corner, a yeah. division of podcast. The new podcast, podcast that we do, where we don't have to do anything. <laughs> That's the Abby Cor- Abby's Corner theme song. Yeah, Abby is such a rock star. And Abby, don't stop emailing us because we're gonna run out of material. Yeah, keep fast. it coming. This podcast will suck without your. We feedback. don't have enough to say. Yeah. Um, do we have a sponsor? Of course we do. How do you yes. think we're paying the bills? Hey girl, how do you think Monty the intern gets his Metro card? I know. Our sponsor. Today's 
episode is brought to you by Adam and Eve. Everyone knows that the Bible is the best nonfiction book ever written. And let's not forget the hot couple who started it all, Adam and Eve. Lots of other characters get credit for making the Bible so fucking good. Sodom, God, Lucifer. But really, we wouldn't be here if it weren't for the original Ma and Pa, A and E. Sure, they weren't perfect. Talk to your therapist about it and get over it. They were probably better than you. Have you seen Adam's abs? Eve has movie star hair in every drawing I've ever seen of her. Of her. So just thanks. It was just a shout out to Adam and Eve, our sponsor. So thanks for being there for us, Adam and Eve. And also like the original people. Thanks for like starting yeah, humanity or I mean, whatever. We re- I mean, thanks a lot. Like a lot, a lot. Soy jism. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't have all the details on that situation, but I'm pretty sure, like, they they started it all, you yeah, know? They, yeah, we they We first. owe them, like, our lives. Like, if um, if our existence was American Idol, like, they're the Kelly Clarkson, you exactly. know what I mean? That's a good way to put it. Thanks. Now our listeners can understand the Bible. I should write a book called The Pop Culture Bible, and it's just, like, references. You know I would read it. For people who, like. I would love that. Yeah, wouldn't that be good? Add it to the... Is someone writing down all these good ideas? Mom, can you write down all of our good ideas? She's not. She's drinking wine. You know, I have something to say about that, though. Go on. Am I allowed to say something bad about your sponsor? I I vote yes. You know what? If they don't come back, it's worth it because I need to hear this. Okay, well, you know, that's the Catholic Church thinks that they're, like, responsible for all of our sins, too. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, original sin, that's right. The sins of our fathers, you've heard right. that expression. But I don't well, think... That's I, Adam and Eve. That's Adam and Eve. Yeah, but, but also, I also think that Judaism does not believe that. And like, which religion is winning? I don't know. Well, I don't know. I can only speak for mine, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah. I am definitely not Jewish, so... Well, I don't know. I just wanted to make sure everybody understood. I also want to clarify, like, wasn't that kind of on Eve? Wasn't like... Wasn't that all on her? She was the one that was like, yeah, I love snakes. Yeah. I want to eat apples. Mm-hmm. What kind of a pussy is was Adam, though? <laughs> yeah, really. This it defines explains a lot of relationships. Yeah. No, seriously. He's I like, duh, 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 duh. If he didn't have the balls to like stand up to her, then that's on him. <laughs> I no, love it. Let's, let's bring the a, blame back. This is a new hashtag. Maybe? This is a hot know. take on Adam and Eve. Did I just ruin your sponsorship? With maybe them? <laughs> it's you know probably. I don't know. The the jury's out, but I know that we will get some new sponsors because of this hot take. Maybe someone like right. You know, maybe there's a sponsor called Satan. <laughs> I heard Oprah was interested. So yeah, and she's really gonna be interested after this episode. So I heard. Isn't there a play called All About Eve? No, a book. It's not That's about. A book. It's not about that yeah. Eve, though. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Thanks to our Adam and Eve expert. Wow, that I I feel so. If you said nothing else in this whole podcast, I'd be so satisfied because that was set us on track. That was awesome. Yeah. Mercy, that is a good statement. Word. <laughs> DJ Jaywoo agrees. Thank you, DJ Jaywoo. Um, hey, howdy, Judy. <laughs> <laughs> um, are we ready for our first clip? Let's do it. Okay. This is from the New Yorker Radio Hour, number 24 with Larry David, host David Remnick. Um, I chose this clip specifically because my mom loves Curb Your Enthusiasm more than I think is healthy. I think 
her and my dad like it so much and I think it's because they identify with Larry and like I think they think it's a good thing that they identify with Larry but sometimes I think it's a little scary because there's so much like Larry David like and you know he's a little like I don't know if he has all of the most admirable qualities like would you why do you think you identify with Larry David so much mom why wouldn't I? I I don't even understand why people everyone doesn't like it in the show every everybody is an idiot and he's the only one that's saying anything about it I guess you're not supposed to speak out I as think, much as he does yeah I think a lot of people watch Curb Your Enthusiasm like whoa that Larry's crazy and my mom's watching it like yes exactly like, yes, go on you know yes. like tell, like Keep going, Larry David. Yeah. Well, here's a clip with David talking to Larry, and I think it will help us understand the show more and Larry David more and my mom more. You know, Curb is more about, just like that scene, all the things that we think about that we can't say. Yeah. All the things that I think about (laughs) in my life. And generally do say. No, I don't. You don't. I don't. That's why I love doing this show so much. Because I'm normal, you know. Right. I'm not like him, mm-hmm. you know. I would love to be like him. <laughs> but I'll get beat up. And, you know, that's so, he, he's a sociopath, yeah. you know. <laughs> but that's me, really. If I'm thinking that, and I want to say that, but I can't. So the show it, is the silent voice of Larry David brought to the surface. Yes, yes. I like to take the small things and make them big. And I like to take the big things, like disease and death and things like that, mm-hmm. and make them small, you know. Because, why, why the latter? Because, because then you, because if you take them seriously, you can't joke about it. I love that clip because I love how he says he makes a bigger deal out of small things and a smaller deal out of big things. Because he, he definitely does that, and I definitely do that. Oh my gosh, I don't care about things I should definitely care about. And I go nuts about the dumbest stuff. And I never thought about it before. But it is because it's like, if I'm going to get like upset about really serious things, then I'll ruin my life because I re- that will be a real serious depression. But if I'm getting upset about little things, it's kind of fun. You know, it's like you're complaining about something little and funny situations and like how... The, the man on the Stairmaster next to you hasn't washed his gym clothes in six months. Like, I'll complain about that for two hours. <laughs> and I'll make the biggest fucking deal out of that. Because it's harmless. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Do you, yeah. do, do, you do that? Well, yes. And it's funny because th- I was just talking to my, actually my boss, about um, this very subject. Because she was recommending the book, The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck. Have you heard <gasps> of this? Have you heard of Wait this? Wait a second. Are you joking? That's no. my author. I work with her. It is? Yeah, Sarah Knight. That's so I was funny. Just emailing her earlier today. She's kind of coming out with a new book called Get Your Shit Together, which comes out January or December 27th. No way. It's amazing. I'll get you a copy. It's I would love like it literally is life changing. It sounds like a parody. It is literally life changing. Well, that's that's what my boss was saying about this book, the life changing magic of not giving because obviously everyone knows the life changing magic of tidying up is like the the you know the title what the title is a play on, and that book is all about like clean up your closet and you'll feel better. Throw out all your stuff, you'll feel better. Whatever. Um, and this book talks about how you only have so much energy. Right? You so only you, have so many fucks to give. You only have so many fucks to give. So you cannot spend all those fucks on stupid shit. So it's like that I've been trying to keep that in mind. 
Sarah calls it your fuck bank. Right. That's the term. Fuck it's bank. It's like, I how love many that. fucks do I have left? Well, not right. enough. I'm empty. So I got to I gotta let this one go. And also, if you're going to be stressed out about a thing, if I'm worried about some, like my husband's work party that I have to go to or something, and I'm stressed about it, don't stress now. Only stress then. Like, right. if the thing is shitty, there's no sense in like using up two things in your fuck bank, worrying about it, and then also hating it when you're there. Don't just don't think about it. And then when you're there, it'll suck, whatever. But don't, you know, waste your energy. And if you're going to complain about it, make it funny. You're going to complain about something. That's also true. But um, later in the episode, and by the way, I was just thinking how sometimes I'm like, really, you should listen to the full episode. Like always listen to all of the full episodes. These are great clips. What else are you going to do? Right. You don't have anything else going on. you got time when you're like showering, when you're getting dressed, you're in the car, you're on the subway. You're like talking to your mom on the phone and you really don't want to listen so you just start (laughs) playing about... I'm just kidding. I would never do that. Of course not. I would never do that. Um, No, trust me. My phone calls with my mother are more entertaining than any podcast episode I've ever listened to in my entire life. If you could record those, I would for sure listen to them. That will be our next little podcast. I would five star it. Um. Thank you. But later on, he says that people tell him that the show makes him so uncomfortable that they that makes them so uncomfortable that they literally cannot watch it. And Larry is like, that never even occurred to me because that's my life. It's like normal. Mm -hmm. He didn't even know really that he was being funny because, like, I mean, he knew, but it just was his life is is funny. And I've never thought about that before, not being able to watch it. Like, you know, but there are those awkward situations. Um, Eric. Do you, were you, I don't think we've ever talked about this show before, so I'm not sure if you're a fan. I've never seen it. And, <gasps> and truthfully, I, I have not really seen much Seinfeld. I wow. don't know much of Larry David's work. Yeah, I'm well, if you live in New York City, you don't need to watch Seinfeld because <laughs> living in New York City is just a long episode of Seinfeld. I used to think that Seinfeld was so funny. And then I moved here and I was like, literally everything that's ever happened to me has happened in a Seinfeld episode. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> it is not funny when it's happening to me. Like it Less happens. charming. Yes. Yeah. All yeah. that stuff has happened. Mom, do you prefer Seinfeld or Curb Your Enthusiasm? Curb Your Enthusiasm, for well, sure. I feel like that's controversial. Oh, well, yeah, I was thinking about this today because I, I, I listened to the entire podcast and I think that Jerry's a little more annoying than in real in, in reality. Jerry is more annoying than Larry David. We're going to get lots of angry tweets about this, this, this one. Because... I think that Larry Dave is more realistic. You know, mm-hmm. he's actually getting mad at the things that, of course you're going to get mad at. My favorite episode is one where the guy, Walt, goes to the bathroom before he, the check, when the check comes, he, the guy's in the bathroom. You, you go out with a couple, another couple, and, you know, he doesn't want to pay the check. So, but Jerry, I don't know, as the show went on and on, it was more kind of ridiculous stuff. Yeah, Larry, it was more toned down. Like, the jokes were just more real and more, more toned down. Exactly. I, I Everything that happened to Larry David, I thought, yes, I understand what you're talking about. I get mad at that, too. My parents get in fights that are like, I'm more like Larry David. No, you're more like, no, it's more like, you're more like Larry David. No, you're more like Larry David. It's what like the hell knows? I don't know. Well, in hearing... First of all, just I mean, I've I've seen bits and pieces of Curbed, and like while you both identify with him, I don't think anyone would like say you you were like Larry David on that show. But I, it makes sense thinking about Jerry Seinfeld. Didn't wasn't his big thing also like making a big deal out of small things? Mm-hmm. Yes, but he got mad at things that I I don't know. I just thought he was kind of petty. 
I thought Jerry Seinfeld was more petty. I don't want to be a pirate. I never understood. This might be a tangent, but tangent, tangent. That was a great one. But I never understood why people said that Seinfeld was the show about nothing. Because it was so not about nothing. If Seinfeld is about nothing, then holy shit, what am I watching on Bravo? Like, it was really about something. And it wasn't even like the first show that was just about like friends hanging out. Like, I never thought it was about nothing. Do you agree or am I missing something? Well, I do think a lot of, um, a lot of like primetime TV shows then were like situational. Like, it was a circumstance that was unique. Do you know what I mean? Like the characters were in some unique scenario and that's what made the story compelling in theory. And these were just like regular people, I think. Okay. that That's kind of convinced me. Yeah, but I, Jerry got mad at like the weirdest things that I I did not identify as, with as much. I can't speak to it. Well, <laughs> I mean, I really I, I really I do, do identify with those New York, but that's because I live in New York City. Like I've had the ladies at my nail salon talking about me and I'm like, like stuff like that. I'm like, I have these moments where I'm like, this is, I saw this on Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld stole this from my life. And, but also like, I don't know. It's more adult problems. Like Larry David's problems are more, I don't know. Like, like he's, you're older than me. Maybe that's why one reason you identify with him more. That really could be. Yeah. I don't know. That was was rude to out, your mother to let people know that she's older than you. She's like, she's a smidge older than me. She doesn't look it. No, she does not look it. Um, Okay. Our second clip is um, from one of the first podcasts I actually started listening to like way, way back in the day. Um, And by that, I mean like five, four or five years ago, (laughs) because that's not that long ago, but for podcasts it is. Um, It's stuff you missed in history class with Tracy Wilson and Holly Frey. I feel like stuff you missed in history class is like the gateway podcast. Yeah, that's funny. We talk about gateway podcasts because there are a few that like seem to be people's like way in. Yeah. Yeah. And this this is one of them. I agree. Um, It's, I think part of the like how stuff works world is that right? Mm-hmm. Which also includes like stuff you should know, which is another good one that I've listened to for a long time. Um, in this episode, they dive into the history of cats, <laughs> as we mentioned before. Someone here is a fan of cats and cat-related things, um, so I thought this would be a fun one to kind of you know start that conversation. Um, they go way beyond just like the standard like ancient Egyptians, which we all know. We're just a bunch of cat lovers making big triangles. Um, So in this clip, they're discussing the lack of feline history as compared to canines. Like there's a lot of dog history on the record, on the books, um, and there's not so much for cats. So, uh, and they also talk about one famous cat lover in particular. Here it is. You hear a lot more about people's dogs in history than cats because often, you know, dogs are out with people riding in cars and saving the day. Cats are at home by the fire. Well, I was even startled to learn that Queen Victoria had cats. Yeah. Because I'm kind of a Queen Victoria nerd, but you always hear about her and her dogs. Mm -hmm. And this doing research for this is actually the first time I heard about her cats. Yeah. I was like, whoa, they had cats too. But I don't think I have a favorite historical. Mine is, I have a favorite from recent history. Yeah. Which is, is Coco's kitten all ball. Oh, yeah. Who was a Manx? Uh, Yeah. And that was, they, they wondered if the reason that Coco the gorilla picked a manx for a cat is because that kitty had no tail 
Yeah, so if you don't know about the Manx breed, they have they can have all lengths of tails, but the breed ideal is to have no tail. Mm -hmm. uh, so they do look kind of like little balls. The The breed standard, if you go to a show, one of the things that they're looking for is that the cat could be drawn entirely with a series of circles. Like you want all round shapes about its body. So in case you don't know, Coco is the is like this famous gorilla who learned sign language through her work with animal psychologist Penny Patterson. And that was a big deal because she was able to communicate with people. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, it was like a huge thing. So I guess Coco... I was unimpressed. That's why I'm acting oh like God. it's no big deal. Lauren's like, Whatever. I use sign language as a one-year-old. Right. Baby sign language. Um, Coco requested a cat using sign language, oh. which I think is crazy. To, I didn't know that before, that it was like, I, I want a cat. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I mean, I understand well, the, the human need. But also, like, what's crazier is that they were like, okay... <laughs> What? That is crazier. This is giant Coco, gorilla. we have some rules. I know. Well, they tried Coco, to give her, you're going to kill it. They tried to give her a stuffed animal, and she would not play with it, and she kept signing sad. Also, oh my God. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? It is crazy. She was sad. Also, she didn't want the I feel like animal. you should have to prove that you're responsible before you get a cat. Like, do you know what shit I had to go through to adopt yeah. Monty? Well, that's we true. We still get calls from that crazy lady. Just two months later, and I'm eating tuna and licking my own butt. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good clip. If you don't know where that was from, you guys should go watch um, Kate McKinnon on Saturday Night Live being the crazy cat lady. I, I don't know what this cat just called. Um, but she kept signing sad when they gave her a stuffed animal. So she they finally gave her a real cat, which I still am like, why? And she killed it? Well, let's, let's not spoil anything. Let's wait till the end of the story. Um... <laughs> They gave her a real cat, and they named it All Ball. <sighs> did I, wait? Did Coco pick that no. name? No. Okay. I, well, unclear. It sounds like Coco was behind that. Except, how would she know the name, the word for? I I feel like with her simplistic signing, it would be like, yes, food. All yeah. <laughs> <laughs> little yes, food. Oh, that's so cute. So apparently, she treated it just like a baby gorilla. So she treated it like, you this know, is really cute. Like it was a kid. And this is the Coco was a female gorilla. Okay. Can I pause for a second? Yeah. Oh, give it. Monty's, oh, sitting on my lap and clawing my legs. Um, oh, he is, wants you to treat him like a baby gorilla. This is why I don't eat animals. Yeah, like, because yeah. they're, they're doing like real shit. They're like better than me. Well, this was a question I had. Like, should, should, uh, is it possible for an animal to have it like to the point of animal intelligence? Is it possible for an animal to have a pet or is that just sort of like a surrogate for offspring? You know what I mean? Well, why sh what, wouldn't she ask for like a baby gorilla then? Or like why yeah, was she asking she for a cat? a cat? She wanted That's a great question. Dominance. How did she know that there were that that was an option? That that I want to know. I want to know too. Can we please get um, animal psychologist Penny Patterson get on the line? Get Coco on the horn. <laughs> we'll ask straight from the source. DJ <laughs> Jaywoo. Except you can't hear sign language over the phone, or can you? I think there's no way to know that. Those monkey fingers make a lot of noise. <laughs> um, they they it try is to make weird too. How Monty is like super interested in this segment. He is. Monty he's... jumped. Right, Monty's never jumped onto the table when we podcasted. Monty, and he's currently on the table. Say something. He really wants to know about this cat to... situation. He'll he'll talk later. Um, he's thinking. They try to make this argument that like Coco loved the cat because it didn't have a tail and so it looked like a ball. Yeah. I don't know. I don't buy that. No. No. 
Like I think that's dumb. I, right, this is Monty? a this is an animal Cats who can their like, tails are dumb. The bigger your tail, <laughs> the better. This proves that scientists are stupid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Case closed. Thank you, DJ Jaywoo. Yeah, it's like this animal can learn how to like speak basically or communicate with humans and it doesn't know that this is an an animal like a different species and not a ball Monty just whispered in my ear that him and all his his buddies um laugh at cats behind their back if they don't have a tail Monty that's me you have to use your good words well listen I wouldn't make so much fun of them Monty because I know someone who once was not in the best I know working cat condition yeah Monty had to switch genders. We'll we'll go into that oh, in another episode. And that's not even what I was going to talk about because oh. they on this episode said um, they talk about like do not ever cut or mess with a cat's whiskers because they help them with spatial awareness. But sometimes oh. little kitties get curious around fire. Yeah, I I've had a lot of cats, and most of them, almost all of them, all but one of them has been smart enough to not go close to the fire. You know, like I always kind of thought, oh, they'll figure it that out. Feels not this one. Yeah, yeah. Th- this one has singed his whiskers. Um, and he couldn't. <laughs> like exactly. That. That's what it sounded like. And he couldn't walk, right? Like no, he had a he, hard time walking in a straight line. I've only seen him stumble two times when he singed his whiskers <laughs> and when we had him on a lot of Xanax, which yes. is hilarious. It's so funny. When I don't believe I'm on in a lot of Xanax, testing. I also stumble, usually yeah. down the aisle of a plane. Yeah. <laughs> It's adorable. Thank he was like you. falling off tables. Oh, you were falling off tables. Yes. Yeah. Correct. It's so cute. Um, Sherry, do you have any type of feeling about cats? I love cats. Tell us about yours. I know. Tell us about. No. We'll, we'll post a picture of of Junior. It's Junior, and he's. I don't know. I but I have decided I'm never getting another cat. Why? Because at my age, I've seen. Well, this is you know a sad topic, but. They've too many of them die. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of I'm tired of being sad when they're. I'm not doing that anymore. You're tired I'm of heartbreak. You're not tired doing of that asking anymore. for heartbreak. Yeah. Um, just to lift your spirits up, do you want to do you want to know what happened to All Ball the cat? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Wait, he he didn't die, did he? Oh come on. The cat escaped from the little like gorilla pen and went on a traffic guy by a car. No. <laughs> Oh my <laughs> god! I didn't see that one coming. Scientists are that? stupid. Because how did that happen? I bet the science the scientists didn't even give two shits. I bet they were like, "Oh, that's interesting." Write right. it down. Well, I really didn't want to know that. I'm really sorry, Sherry. That was mean of me to say. I just I wanted to include it because, like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Keep up the good work, scientists. First of all, how Fuck did this you. kitten escape? Like, they're, they're able to keep a gorilla in there, but the kitten is like, my peace. Well, I must say, I mean, I, I uh, there was a comedian at UCB East that used to say, in New York City, you see, like, lost kit cat posters. And she's like, if you're in an apartment in New York City and your cat is missing, your cat just Shawshanked you. Like, it is really, <laughs> like, if you lose a cat, that cat was running away from you. Like, it's not like I lost it. It, it, it fucking, like, went through a it hallway bolted. and an elevator past a doorman, yeah. like, through the... St- so maybe this cat L-train. was just, like, a genius. <laughs> like, maybe this cat was like... 
hey, they're like, I, this gorilla is He's fucking like crazy. Handling me. Yeah, I gotta get out of this it's situation. It's trying to like find like bugs in my fur. I don't have any bugs in my fur. In fact, maybe I'm sorry to have to say this, but I think the obvious thing that's going on here is the cat would rather have been hit by a car and killed oh, than God. living with all ball and i can't say that she was wrong maybe um maybe uh, all ball was the cat right to live with, then live with coco you mean right or yeah she um i'll say that again maybe <laughs> getting hit by a car was preferable to living with coco and Ouch. I, that's possible. What if Coco w- like didn't stop signing like all night and all ball is like, keep it down. I know. I'm trying to, to get a cat nap. Or like, <laughs> oh, wait, so uh. what was Coco's reaction to the death of, Oh, she was sad. She, um, I'd have to look up what she, but the exact things she was signing, but she would sign over and over again, like, like sadness. She was like new whatever. cat pronto, new cat pronto. Way to go. Scientists. Yeah. I know. You know I what? hate science sometimes. I, I think Coco's last words were, it was better to have loved a cat than to never have had a cat Oh my at gosh, all. that's <laughs> tricky to sign. I happen to know. It, it, it is complicated. You know how when you do Especially shadow puppets of a rooster? <laughs> and you have to like hook your fingers around the other fingers like oh, to make yeah, a rooster totally shadow puppet? totally know what you're talking it's, about. It's just like that difficult to say that. You know who has baby fingers? Give it. My mom. <gasps> sure. Mom. Show them off. Wow, she's, those they're are baby hands. She has the little daintiest, fingers. cutest little fingers. <laughs> we'll take some pictures. Don't worry, guys. You're going to get to see us. I never knew you I You know you have cute little fingers and hands. You do. They're great. I can't even go great. ring shopping for you. It's crazy. Um, should we go on to our next segment? Let's do I'm it. I'm mixing things up a little bit. Um, I'm doing Jingle Jangle next. <gasps> Say what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You knew this. We <laughs> talked about it. I asked your permission. What about a little honor of spontaneity, Lauren? Oh, okay. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. Um, This week's Jingle Jangle. Jingle Jangles, in case you haven't listened to our previous 14 episodes or whatever. Rude. Um, We talk. We just play a little music for you to, from, to give you your ears something new. I don't yeah, know. Whatever. Some, Figure it out. A, a, a um, part of a podcast where it was musical or a podcast intro or something like that. Yeah. And this is from Making Oprah, which is a new podcast from NPR, which they basically just like talk about Oprah, which is like a, it's pure joy. Yeah. Um, And this, I just wanted to play. There were a, 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 like a clip roundup of her theme songs <laughs> and it brought me a lot of joy. So hang on. Listen. This is part three of our podcast about the Oprah Winfrey show. And if you want to know how we got here, we'd highly recommend that you go back and listen from the beginning. In part one, we were in the late 80s. Quincy Jones did the theme song and the producers created the show by the seat of their pants. Then in part two, we covered the 90s when Whitney Houston did the theme song and Oprah built her media empire. Here we go. And now it's the 2000s when Oprah is singing her own theme song. Oprah's sitting in the throne of American pop culture. She commands a regular worldwide audience of tens of millions. She can turn a book into a bestseller, a product into a trend, and people into stars. I believe I'll run on, see what the end will be. Believe I'll work on, find 
find out what waits for me. I see 10,000 stories and glories and dreams. See angels right here on earth. Okay. Um, I love Brandy. <laughs> yeah, she does. <laughs> um, okay, I love Oprah, but who told her it was okay to do this? Like, sing her own theme song? Like, that slipped through the cracks? Like, was everyone just too terrified of her to be like, your voice leaves much to be desired? <laughs> or I think that could be one of the most important things you've ever Thank said. Thank you. <laughs> Oprah's here, by the way. That was not a clip. No, yeah, that's her live. And just, I have to say, Oprah, I disagree with Lauren. I, if you told me you wanted to be, like, my personal trainer, if you said you were going to be the new IT guy, I would be like, yes, I, to whatever you want to do. I must say, though, listening to those the different um, theme songs, like, I, it br- brings me back. Like, I have good, warm memories of watching Oprah with my mom. Yeah. Um, But I don't remember the one. Mom, do you remember when she no, sang I her no own? No memory of that, no. Oh, my gosh. I don't either. It's I like, have to Oprah, admit. you can't do everything yourself. <laughs> Was she, that when she was in Chicago or something? I don't know. I don't know. There's no way to know. There's no way to possibly know. We do that a lot on our podcast, Sherry, when we are being lazy and don't want to look something up. We just say there's no way to possibly know that. But I do remember something we loved about Oprah was she had Dr. Phil on every Tuesday. And it was a great when she when he was on her show. I felt like we're going to talk about Dr. Phil again soon, but like I feel like when when he was on Oprah, it was Dr. Phil at his best. Yes. Like I felt like he really, I mean, yeah, yeah, he nailed it. Yeah. And I think my, my mom and I together, like I bef- before I listened to the clip we're going to listen to next, I thought I loved Dr. Phil cuz he says some really smart things like I think I'd be madder than a, a wet hen myself. Like, I'm I automatically hate Dr. Phil haters. So, well, I think he has some he does say some smart things and he serves the truth up to people that need to hear the truth. Sometimes. I know, like fuck them. I don't really Yeah, okay. Well, the jerk store called. Listen, they're running out of you. Yeah. That's one of my favorite Seinfeld moments. The next clip is from Throwing Shade. It's episode 262. It's called Thanksgiving Connie Burton Dr. Phil and guest Orlando Soria hosts your favorite hosts Aaron Gibson and Brian Safi um and they go into Dr. Phil and actually I remember getting nervous when I saw that Dr. Phil was in this part of description because I was like I love Dr. Phil and I'm sure they're gonna say something bad about him and I don't want to hate him because I really oh my god do you know how many times I'm on the phone with my mother and she goes you know what Dr. Phil would say and I'm like no he's really wise but you know what the thing that you're about to hear Made me very uncomfortable. Okay. I remember one. I, I was, saw the episode and I watched it. Yeah. It made me really uncomfortable. Yes. Well, yeah. it I it made me think about like I did like him when he was on Oprah. I do like the episodes where he's actually helping people. Um, I've always hated his celebrity interviews. I always thought they were so bullshit. And every so often, he has an episode where he gives the reins to his wife, Robin. Disaster! It's like Robin talking about lipstick for an hour, and it's like. Oh my God, it's so bad. Why did you let Robin? Oh my God, it's so weird and bad. Get off my ass. Oh yeah, that's what he, that's what he should say to her. Um, um, in this episode of Throwing Shade, Aaron brings up a good point and uh, Dr. Phil exploits his guests and, and she's talking about a uh, 
specific episode with Shelley, where Dr. Phil's interviewing Shelley Duvall. And it's obvious that Shelley Duvall needs serious mental help. And the, in the episode, we're kind of gawking at her. She's like hearing things and she's convinced the president is in her brain and it's real crazy. And while she's talking, like these images of Shelley acting in her heyday are like, in, like in roles from The Shining or in the background. And the message is clearly like, this actress you used to love is going crazy. Like, look, isn't it fun to watch? And it, and she and Dr. Phil isn't really helping her. And Shelley Duvall, I think she needs help. And um, I don't even say like Google the episode because I don't think you should be watching it. Yeah, I agree. It sounds disgusting. And um, but this clip is kind of more about well, the, the, the full episode. They go into how Stanley Kubrick kind of mentally abused Shelley Duvall. And that's where a lot of this came from and kind of tore her down while she was acting in The Shining. But this clip is about Oprah in general. Um, just perusing through the episodes of listings that that uh, Dr. Phil has done, uh, here's some of them. Help, my beautiful teen daughter is living in a motel with two strangers. That's the entire title of the episode. There's one where a woman confronts her parents who sexually assaulted her. And the day before that episode, a woman who was also, also sexually assaulted by her parents uh, there was a rich daughter living on the streets, addicted to heroin and pregnant. I, it's so gross how they're qualifying these girls as rich or beautiful. I know. A woman in love with her abusive husband, college rape victim, a woman who thinks she's pregnant with Jesus, female victim of elderly financial scams, and a woman who is pregnant but thinks who isn't pregnant but thinks she is. And that was just in November. Those shows. So these people need real intervention and an actual doctor. That's the difference. Is like I almost get it. With like Dr. Phil on Oprah's show, when when he used to guest on her show, would help people with their marriages, which is what a therapist does. Do you know what I mean? Like he would say, like he would talk about communication and like that kind of thing about how to better your marriage. He, That's very different than this. One of the women who was sexually abused by both of her parents. Her parents went to jail for twenty years, and this was the show where she was going to confront them. That's not what a fucking therapist does. Mm -mm. You don't muddle the situation by bringing your abusers back into the fray and no. trying to, I don't know what to reconcile. Anyway, these don't sound like Dr. Phil episodes that I know and love. They sound like Jerry Springer episodes. Yeah. Again, I feel like I can't speak to this because I haven't watched a bunch of Dr. Phil, but that like what they're did somebody slip up and ride stupid on my forehead <laughs> like that that clip is what i more i i think i have the impression of dr phil that i'm hearing about on this episode you know what i mean yeah it's uh brian brings up a good point it's like the good episodes were the ones about people's marriages and like when he would like actually talk to people through their family problems right but like these bonkers stories like where people need real help and he's he's doesn't yeah. really offering and um Mom, I haven't actually watched it in a while because ever since I got a job, it's really getting in the way. But was do you th did you notice a change in Doctor Phil shows? Like, do they used to be better? Are they different now? I really think that they're um, not giving enough credit to him here, though, because he did he does offer help to those people. And it's not they say he's not offering help. He does, and I never have liked the celebrity ones. So, you know, but he's still offering help marriage. But what about counseling. the one that's like, this woman was pregnant with 30, the babies of 30 different men in one year. Like, that's exploiting these people. I don't remember that one. I made that one up. <laughs> I don't care how flat you make no, a pancake. It's got two sides. There that's, I remember said that she was 
carrying Jesus baby. I don't I, I that seems like come on. I, that, that woman is crazy and needs help and we're just watching That's what it's they like said to Mary. To get, that's true. <laughs> just kidding. And she was right. I, seriously, I, I you know, that was it Mary it's on Christmas the show. And you're making that joke. I is it a joke? <laughs> he's not laughing. Oh wait, he's clearly laughing. No, I think that was a clip that Jay Wu played. <laughs> I watch it all the, this show all the time, and I, he still gives he a still lot of help. really so good this, help to people. And he no, there. So it's, it's Brian still, and Aaron are focusing on the negative, but there is this negative side. I guess I never really thought about. Oh no, it's there yeah. for sure. I I I have a I have a um a take in defense of him, which I'm surprised by. But hearing you, Sherry, advocate for him makes me think. Maybe he is like well-intentioned, him as a person, and then you get it wrapped up into like daytime TV and ratings and stuff like that, and producers are pushing harder and harder to get sort of sensational things. Mm Because I do feel like I have caught one or two things where he's like, it's like a teen with an attitude problem, and he's like, listen, here's some perspective, (laughs) right? Also, the ones that are most interesting to me aren't probably the most exciting, like, you know, real marriages and stuff. And I guess for... Dr. Phil to sustain his show and to make enough money so that I can watch those more interesting episodes, he probably has to weigh it with the really, really popular sensationalist shows. I really, that was, it made me really uncomfortable, that Shelley Duvall one, but it really gave, does everybody have a chance to see people that are, are, um, schizophrenic? Like, and that, that is something that people, it's kind of pushed under the rug, actually, I think. Yeah. Like that people, it's true. you see the people on the streets of New York that are schizophrenic and people walk right past them, but it's a huge problem for many people. This is a good point. Yeah. Get off my ass. <laughs> but it also feels like a part of the issue with that episode was that it didn't feel like Shelley Duvall felt like she was signing on to, to go on, gone air to be an advocate for someone with schizophrenia. Right. So it was like consent. Obviously, you didn't watch the show. I, I didn't. Am I, <laughs> am I wrong? Wow. Yeah. Someone did her homework. I watched it. He he got her help. He said... Uh, yeah. He sent her to a facility. I know, but I was sort. suspicious I about know. that. But, but still, I don't think she came on thinking like, oh, I'm going to be sort of the face of this mental illness for the viewers. Did she? She was incapable of doing that. Yeah. Sure. I, I hear that. Yeah. Oh, she was. She's super crazy. Yeah, I I haven't watched that sort of at the advisement of multiple people, including Brian and Aaron on on this clip, because it just I've I've heard it just does like does not feel good to to witness that. But maybe no, it does not feel good to witness that because we are super uncomfortable with witnessing that. Yeah, Doctor Phil. Yeah, it's a good point. I, I really think that it's because that's hard to watch. It's really hard to watch. Yeah, or it's juicy to watch. Yeah, whichever way you want to look at it. But I do think a lot of these doctor shows are like I hate fucking Doctor Oz. He brings nothing to the table because I don't want to hear about nutritional su- supplements. <laughs> and I mean, I don't think Doctor Oz should be called a doctor. I he promotes bullshit miracle medical products that are not regulated by the FDA. And actually Aaron on this clip says that he should just change the name of the show to Phil, which is, <laughs> Hey, why not Phil? I'd still watch it. Just don't call yourself a doctor. But I, I think to their point, it's like Oprah wasn't proclaiming to have medical advice. She just was like, I got bronchitis. <laughs> she, she just was like really smart and gave good advice and mm-hmm. he could do the same. That's why we didn't call it Dr. Oprah. <laughs> 
But honestly, <laughs> we probably should because. Wait, is it not called Dr. Oprah? Not that I'm aware of, no. I subscribe to Dr. Oprah magazine, Dr. O magazine. <laughs> I mean, I do whatever the hell Oprah says. Same. I'm a, I, I, I would listen to her before I would listen to my doctor. She is also one of the greatest actresses of our generation, and no one talks about that. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Thank you. Um, that that was my piece. Oh, but she doesn't have a great voice. We learned. Well, but hey, I, we they can't all be winners. I can't, you can't I be good at everything. <laughs> you can't make me. Well, let's move on to segment segment because yes. that's something we love. I do love segment segment. As you guys know, this is our fairly new segment where we talk about something non podcast related, something we're excited about, something we endorse, or just something we, we love interests. in our life. We, we do. do. We're not we're not one note podcasters, right? Eric, do you want to go first? Aw, thanks for offering. A prévu. Um, I do want to go first. My, I am obsessed with, and this is thanks to Alan that I know about it because he kind of turned me on to it. Um, the Procreate app for iPad. I Have don't you heard know of what it? that is. I purposely did not look it up because I want <gasps> you to explain yes. it. To me. Justin, do you know about it? Okay, I'm. Justin usually knows about all the technological things, so I'm excited that I got the jump on this one. So Procreate is basically like an illustrating app for iPad, which is not new. There's plenty of them, but it's an awesome one. Um, you, I mean, you can do all sorts of things. You can, you know, you can do like calligraphy, you can do custom type, you can do illustrations and drawings, and then it all exports into a Photoshop file and then you can incorporate it into your designs. So I've been using it a ton for work. Um, I've just had some like illustrative projects lately and I've used a Wacom tablet, which actually you gave me, Justin. Um, and I, I have used that, but it's, it's, I, I don't use it often enough to ha- be really fluent in it. And the iPad app is so easy because you just grab a stylus and you can see what you're drawing and it's just like so user-friendly and beautiful. Okay, so you wouldn't download it on your phone, right? Uh, I don't know if it, I don't know if they have the app for the phone. See, this is, why am I asking questions? I don't know shit about this shit. Yeah, it's awesome though. My one complaint is that it doesn't export as a vector. Ugh, I hate that. They have so many. Ugh, that's the worst. I think there is a way you can work it out. I think you have to, I think you have to bring it into a different app, but it's awesome and it makes drawing digitally so easy and fun. Even if you're not a professional artist or whatever, you should do it because it's just really fun. I'll test it out. I think it's five. If I can do it, anyone can do it. That'll yeah, be the heck test. Yeah, you could te- you could test out new shower belly designs. Oh my it. gosh! Yeah, Let's check our Facebook page. <gasps> yes. What's your segment? Segment, Lauren. Um. I okay so there have been a lot of like end of the year book list lists coming out on all sorts of publications and stuff and I read a lot of books and I I don't know I the lists are always interesting there's some great books on them but I felt like the lists this year were very swayed by the election I feel like a lot of people were putting books on there for that were considered like post-election reading like here are books that need you need to get you through this and for the new for the new president and I just wanted a list of fun books that I thought were the best that I read this year. So these are all books that I discluded books that aren't out yet, but I included books that didn't come out this year. These are just 10 favorites that I read this year. I'm, I'm going to go so through excited. them pretty quick, but I will like, I don't know if anyone cares about my opinion on this, but I will I like put them on our Facebook page. Commonwealth by Ann Patchett, American Wife by Curtis Sittenfeld, The Wonder by Emma Donahue. 
Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff, Slammerkin by Emma Donahue, um, The Girls by Emma Klein, The Razor's Edge by Somerset Mom, which I just read for like the fifth time. Um, Girl Through Glass, Sorry Wilson. No one talked about this book. It was so good. Um, My Name is Lucy Barton by Elizabeth Strout. And I read The Devil in the White City by Eric Larson. And that's been out for a while. And I was very skeptical about reading it. And it was so good. So that's my list. I love it. What a good reading list. And as someone who doesn't always know how to pick my next book, well, I do. I just go to you. But if I didn't have you, I would love to have this list. Start at number one and work your way down, guys. Hey, hope you got some time. Uh, Our next segment is No Comment, which is the segment where we play a clip without talking about it. This is going to be hard for us. We always have a hard time. Um... This is hard because I, I did want to talk about this, but I'm not going to. Yep. Um, you can tweet me about it if you want to talk about it. It's from Slate Culture Gabfest, which is really one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, host Stephen Metcalf, Dana hey. Stevens, and Julia Turner. Hey, this ain't Podcast Bay. Oh, okay. Sorry. Just I, it's, I'm neutral about don't it. Don't pick I favorites. Have, I have just feelings. Play but, the damn clip. Okay. okay. No comment. No comment. <laughs> um, but get off my I am going to explain it they every at the end of each episode they kind of all give endorsements of things they want to endorse which by the way they stole segment segment from us that's what they're trying to go for yeah nice nice try we we know what you're doing right and in this one here I'm just going to play Dana Stevens uh, endorsement all right. Well, my endorsement this week is a little bit conceptual. <laughs> it's a, it's sort of an endorsement of of doing less rather than doing more. And what inspired it actually has to do with our last topic, with the uh, the scary world that looms ahead with the person that we've just elected to lead our country, and uh, and the anecdote specifically that circulated this weekend about a young Muslim woman on the New York subway system who was screamed at and harassed by some drunk men who were Trump supporters, and they tried to rip off her hijab and. No one did anything about it in the train car. She ended up being fine and I think went to the police after they had gotten off the train. But it just kept me thinking all weekend about how this was happening in my city on a train that I ride all the time on that line. And uh, and my first thought was just, you know, the rage fantasy, the pleasurable rage fantasy of having been on that train car and being able to stand up for her and being able to scream at some drunk, drunk Trump supporters, which would be an enormous cathartic pleasure right now. Although I think the way you're actually supposed to handle those kind of situations is, of course, to, to defuse and calm everyone down and sort of take the victim aside quietly. Anyway, all of that led to... The realization that if I had been on that car, it's very likely that I would have had earphones in my ears and been reading a book or an article or something and might have not seen what was going on just simply because I was sort of not plugged into the world around me. So this all leads to the fact that my endorsement that I'm doing myself in a way to try to be a little bit more of an alert citizen is to take out your earphones and pay attention. I like to have my earphones in because I love to listen to podcasts and presumably everyone who listens to our show loves to listen to podcasts. And I'm not saying that I'm never again going to walk down the New York City streets or sit in a subway listening to a podcast, but I think I'm going to try to be a little bit more aware of the sights and sounds around me so that, you know, when crazy shit like this starts to go down, I can be one of the citizens who's getting up and yelling in the bad guy's face or whatever you're supposed to do. So um, walking around without your earphones once in a while and tuning in to your civic society, that's my endorsement. That's a hard one because I have comments, but I'm not going to we'll say We'll talk them. about it later. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm winking at you. Off, mm. Offline, as they say. That's yeah. that's like an industry term, offline. Yeah. <laughs> I just tried to... Tried to get Sherry to comment on my She's like, yeah, whatever. She's unimpressed. 
<laughs> no, we all have comments. I'm doing it. Yeah, no. I'm not, I, get, I get it. I get it. Oh, yeah. no, don't call. Isn't don't you see how hard this segment is for us now? We want a comment, I want a comment but no comment. comment. Yeah, you want to, but you can't. But you can't. You know what you can comment on is our podcast bay of the week. Our podcast bay is when we talk about just a podcast that we love. We don't have a clip. We're just kind of like telling you to go check it out because we love it. Um, I have a very talented podcasting friend, Patrick Hines, um, who has a really successful podcast called Theater People. I think I've talked about it on the show before, but he interviews like fancy theater folk, and he was even nominated for a Webby. Yeah, nominated. I forget what it's called when you're like, you. (laughs) this sounds so stupid, but you don't win a Webby finalist. Like a finalist? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, that's He was like, got got a Webby finalist nomination, whatever. I think that's called a loser. Oh, oh, mom. Sick Too burn. bad this wasn't called no comment. <laughs> anyway. Do you see I'm how sorry. I got like this? Do you see? <laughs> Do things make sense now? Now we see where all the sass comes from. Okay. But anyway, she, something about a Webby, which is huge because there's only Patrick, one, po- ignore one her. podcast category. She's, she's been drinking. <laughs> um, <laughs> his. You can edit this right now. <laughs> but oh, we, we are not editing this. <laughs> um. His new podcast, he has a new podcast called Broadway Backstory, which is produced by Today Text, which is this ticketing app that can like save you a lot of money on last minute theater. It's really great. Wow. Um, I bet they have real sponsors. I mean, ours are real. Go on. <laughs> ours are definitely real. So Broadway Backstory follows the story of a Broadway show from the initial idea to like the full Broadway production. I love that. I know. It's amazing. Um, so if you're at all interested in theater it, or just like the process of like making entertainment or live entertainment, it's really an incredible listen he is so good at interviewing the people and the way it's set up is just it's like a documentary for your ears you know he has featured fun home which we love the secret garden which i really love a little known show i don't know if you guys have heard of it called hamilton do not like not familiar you haven't even seen it you're just siding with casey wilson i know um as i always do so he, so he talks Dr. to Dr. Casey team. Wilson. Dr. Casey Wilson. Yeah. She deserves the doctor. Mm-hmm. She sure does. He talks to the creative team, producers, the actors, um, which like for a Hamilton is incredible. Like he talks to like original cast members and he talks to Lin- Manuel Miranda. Anyway, all of whom have incredible insight into the creation of the show. This might not be one for everyone, but if you do love theater and good storytelling, you're going to flip for this one. I, it sounds really good. Are some of the clips like he's like, I'm going into this dressing room to yeah. interview one of the actresses. Yeah. And like the whole clip is like some lady being like, how did that stranger get in here? And he's like breaking in and like getting like, arrested. Sir, you can't be in the ladies dressing yeah. room. And he's like, we're live. I have a microphone. <laughs> Trust me. No, but he does totally do interviews in dressing rooms. But he rooms. asks their permission first. Well, mm. I'm not certain about that. Okay. But this sounds good. Uh, juicy oftentimes they'll be in the middle of like a heartwarming story and it'll be like 10 minutes to places 10 minutes to places everyone really it's like oh sorry yeah because it's like on the intercom backstage you know what i mean yeah my gosh yeah and not not 10 minutes to places that's dramatic it'll be like uh lauren your food is at the stage door come get your food oh that's (laughs) That's exciting that's exciting super exciting it's exciting when your food is at the door i love food and doors yeah oh my gosh would you love more food or doors i think i know the answer honestly you can think about it do should i ask you next time yeah think about it follow up next time don't don't think i'm gonna forget
if you forget, I'm going to be so mad. We're to be continued, guys. See, this is what you call a cliffhanger <gasps> so that everyone will come back. Tune in next this time to find out. a great episode. Mom, thanks for being here. And thanks for giving, li- giving me life. <laughs> you, you're doing a pretty good job. Anytime. You've done a pretty good job. Yeah. Um, make sure to send us your favorite podcasts and clips yeah. at, to um, loveyourpodcast at gmail.com or you can tweet them to us at loveyourpodcast on Twitter. And also, um, if you have a podcast show that compiles the best clips of the week into your podcast, please feel free to use clips from our show. Yeah. Just we saying. We are a great candidate yeah. for, your, for your clip use show Use our show for your podcast show. Yeah. And thanks to Kara, our editor. We love you, Kara. We really... We really do not in like a colloquial like like you know obligatory way. We love you. Yeah, Sarah. I love her more than she loves me. I think if we like had to like tally it up. Yeah, yeah. If if um one was a door and one was food, you would love her more. Yeah, that's that's a beautiful way to put it. And on that glorious glorious note, we out. Bye. Bye.